Sorry, folks. I boo-booed again. It never fails. Always making this goofball mistake. I forget to turn the monitor on, so it's... You will be removed from the chat room, and your... Wow, this is really getting pathetic. Let me try this again. Take two. Uh, but don't call me in the morning. <laughs> All right. Take two. Chat will be deleted. I did it again. I am having such a really, really strange day, folks. I'm telling you. All right. This time, hey, Rocky, watch me put an internet show on the air. Nothing up my sleeve. Oh, oh good grief. I've got to get me another microphone. Welcome to Firefox News Online, the world's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules apply. No personal attacks, threats, or hate speech will be tolerated in the chat room at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room and your chat will be deleted. Also, if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. This is a roundtable discussion broadcast, so please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally, the use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, education, and news reporting. Firefox News Online Productions and the News Division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. The views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of myself and those who join me, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. And now, it's time for Firefox News Online. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
And now, America, it is time for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone, and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. Good evening and welcome to Firefox News Online. And as you just heard, it is time for Talking Points. Tonight, we mourn the loss, those of us in the conservative movement, of a conservative icon, Rush Limbaugh, who had battled lung cancer for many years, passed away this morning from complications from lung cancer. Rush Limbaugh was 70 years old, and right up to the day he died, he fought the good fight, and he did everything humanly possible for the conservative movement. Conservatives all over America are remembering Rush Limbaugh and his contribution to the conservative movement. Hell, I heard one broadcaster say that he was a conservative back in the day when being a conservative was really dangerous. He made being a conservative absolutely incredible. Rush Limbaugh, I remember listening to him many times on the WABC radio network, 77 here in New York. I never could catch his show that often, but when I did, his words were profound. His words were prophetic. The Democrats considered him pathetic, but he didn't care because he knew better. His wife knew him best, and today she went on the EIB network to say goodbye to her husband and to let us all know about his passing. I know that there is little that this broadcaster can do for the conservative movement except to try to follow in Rush Limbaugh's footsteps, to try and follow his example. The things that he brought up, the way he said things to us, and the very strength in his voice, the power of his message resonated with conservatives from New York to California and all points in between. Rush Limbaugh was a pioneer of conservatism, and he will never, ever be forgotten. That is for certain. Rush Limbaugh inspired young conservatives. He inspired old conservatives. He inspired conservatives. He even inspired conservatives that were not Republicans. You see, Rush Limbaugh inspired conservatives in the Democratic Party. Yes, there are conservatives in the Democratic Party. They're very rare, but they are there. And even conservatives like myself, who are registered independents, I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but it's true. There are conservatives like myself in the Independence Party. We vote on the Republican ticket, though we're not registered Republicans. Now, that kind of inspiration, that kind of fire comes from within. And Rush Limbaugh shared that fire, that passion, that strong, positive belief that we conservatives can bring about positive changes 
without having to resort to dictatorship-style methods, without having to resort to socialist methods, without having to resort to communist methods, like many in the Democratic Party are doing now. They are embracing socialist, communist ideas and ideals. Conservatives will never do that. We oppose socialism. We oppose communism. We oppose evil wherever it lie. And right now, the conservatives are looking at the Democrats and those liberals as being the biggest enemy in the history of the American way of life and in America's history. We saw the evil that men and women do in the Democratic Party when they impeached Donald Trump not once, but twice. When they tried to get a guilty conviction in the Senate trial, not once, but twice. And each time it failed, as we are very well aware. And Rush Limbaugh, long before he was honored by President Trump, took a shine to President Trump and believed that President Trump was the man to lead the Republican Party, and he was the man to stand up for all Americans, regardless of political persuasion. Rush Limbaugh had a style all his own. The EIB network was a dream-given form, and he formed it well. Now, what did the EIB stand for? Excellence in Broadcasting. Now, I can safely say without fear of contradiction, you know, I'm no professional broadcaster. I never, ever said that in my whole time on the air. But if there's one person in broadcasting I would like to emulate most, if possible, or at least have learned from, that's Rush Limbaugh. He inspired me to continue back in the broadcasting way because... At the time when I started Firefox News Online, I was caring for a parent with Alzheimer's. I was still serving my country in the state defense forces until my commanding officer put me on leave of absence and said, your mission is to take care of your mom. You go and take care of your mother. That's your mission. That's your assignment. And I didn't get a chance to go back. But it's to those commanding officers that I served with and the men and women in the enlisted corps that I served with, you have earned my respect and my admiration, and in equal measure. So has Rush Limbaugh over the years. It is hard to fathom a world without Rush Limbaugh. There will never be another Rush Limbaugh in our lifetime. To the widow, I say this. Your husband was an anchor in stormy weather when conservatives questioned whether it was safe to venture out or just stay indoors and hide. Your husband gave us strength to weather any storm. And we conservatives are very grateful for his strength, his courage, his wisdom and foresight. Rush Limbaugh, a conservative icon for decades, has left us. But he left us with a powerful legacy. He left us with not only a powerful legacy, but he left us with a powerful movement called conservatism. President Trump embraces those very ideals that Rush Limbaugh imparted to all of us over the years. Now, we must stand with Donald Trump as never before. 
Should he decide to run in 2024, we, the conservatives of America, regardless of whether we're conservatives in the Republican, Independents, or even the Democrat Party, the conservatives that believe Donald Trump was steering this country in the right direction, was leading by example, and willing to sacrifice, we are the conservatives who must stand with Donald Trump now more than ever. And I believe in my heart that that's what Rush Limbaugh would want us to do. I believe firmly that is what he would tell every conservative they should do. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Trend this broadcast. Globally, on MeWe, Gab, Freetalk.app, and all other social media platforms. With that having been said, it is now time as always... For the rest of the story. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids of all ages, Firefox News Online Productions presents the host with the most, the man with the incomparable attitude, the dude who doesn't take shit from anybody. me hi everybody and welcome to the broadcast it has been a very busy day for me i am out of gas even though my initial spell the word i'm pooped i didn't even get my power nap today for this broadcast so there's going to be a lot of yawning a lot of yawning. Dear God in heaven, so much yawning that somebody's going to be sitting there eventually on the phone lines going, <laughs> I hope not, but we'll see what happens. Just letting you know up front, it's a possibility. And of course, I'm dropping everything. <laughs> oh sure my my camera turned on on all, all by itself uh, oh now it's turned off okay fine uh let me see here there there and click on that Okay, that's good. Okay, and uh, watching by way of Periscope.tv is the lovely Cherokee Rose. Watching by way of DLive is another lovely young lady who goes by the handle of Iggy Mom. And of course, the two gentlemen in the Mixler chat room from the freezing state of Texas. Gunslinger from Louisiana, that crazy Cajun who's been kind of MIA around here the last couple of nights. I hope everything's all right. Mike is here as well. Now, let me see now. Okay, close that. 
Turn that off like that. Put that down there so I don't drop it again. Minimize that. Go to this. Hit that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whatever. And yonder come the, the, the two gentlemen uh, sitting on Mixler. And, of course, that would be Mike and Gunslinger. And, of course, if you want to join us for tonight's discussions, uh, you can call us here at the studio, 347-945-5747. Tonight, throughout this broadcast, I'm asking everyone that calls in to share a little something. If, if you've listened to Rush Limbaugh's broadcasts over the years, share something you might remember. Uh, it, it could be more than one thing. If, if, if say, 20 minutes from now, you remember, you remember another little nugget of, uh, of, of Rush Limbaugh's that, you know, kind of struck a chord with you, you know, feel free to bring it up, you know. And, and, and the thing is, I want people to know that, you know, Rush Limbaugh was, I guess, I guess, he, you know, calling him the pioneer of the conservative movement is... Is kind of an understatement in a way, because when he started out as in in the conservative movement, it was more dangerous then to be a conservative than it is today. Even with the censorship nonsense going on, back back when he was a younger man, and trust me when I say, being a conservative, you took your life in your hands. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was definitely a much braver man than I am. I would have said Gunga Dane, but unfortunately Gunga Dane would have not have fit the bill, so he was, he's a braver man than I am, that Rush Limbaugh man. Good evening, gentlemen. Well, George, you know, a couple uh, things Mike? here, George. One... We got to be careful with yawning. Yawning can be contagious. I know. It's terrible, ain't you know? it? Yeah, it really is terrible. Now, second thing about Rush Limbaugh, there are a couple of generations of conservatives that they don't know anything but Rush Limbaugh being on the air. I mean, think about it. Think about it. There are these things called Rush Babies. Mm -hmm. You know, and not not just the fact of not just the fact that they were born, but also not just through his radio show. But remember, he's recently did some children's books, you know, and so so it's like there are a lot of young conservatives out there that don't know anything but having Rush on the air. You know, and it's, it's going to be a shock, a very much a shock to them. They they know nothing about the fairness doctrine. They know nothing about basically Rush was the one, or because of Rush, or kind of because of him was the reason why that thing uh, Reagan, uh, Ronald Reagan, took it away. You know. Got rid of it because it was there. I mean, it cannot be argued that that thing 
did exist at one point, the Fairness Doctrine. You know? And frankly, this all throughout his all throughout his time on the radio, the Democrats and liberals have been talking about, oh, we we need the Fairness Doctrine anyway, you know, to give other people, because he was, he was such a powerhouse, and this was before Hannity and before Savage and before uh, Little Ben, he was such a powerhouse that they had to try and shut him up somehow. Right, and in their minds, as nebulous as they are, that was the only way they could think of to try and shut him, to ultimately try and shut him up. You know, was the fairness doctrine, George? Yeah, I, I think um, you know over the years that Rush was on on the air. And his show was was heard, you know, heard on uh, stations across the country, and and the Democrats were, they tried, oh, they definitely tried to get him rem- taken off the air, but they did not anticipate the level of his, you know, and the magnitude of his uh, of his of his message. And the very nature uh, of his listeners, the, the size and scope uh, of how many people were out there that listened to him. Whether you were Democrat, Independent, Right to Life, or Republican. You basically, if you, li- if you did listen to Rush Limbaugh, he impacted every facet of society. He literally did that. And that fairness doctrine? I don't know that much about the fairness doctrine. I'll be honest with you. Uh, actually, the only thing I know of it is the fact that there is such a thing as a fairness doctrine. And, you know, for anyone to... If anyone claims that they know about something and they don't, that's the definition of a fool. And I'm nobody's fool. But I think, I think what, what we have to come away with, uh, at least at least at least for the moment, uh, is that Rush Limbaugh had an impact, a very powerful and positive impact on everyone that listened to his show, regardless of their political persuasion. What do you? What about you, Gunslinger? <clears throat> well, I listened to him here and there, and he, like I said, he's he was always spot on the money. Spot on the money. Uh, the libtards hated him. You, obviously, you, you ought to see some of the uh, derogatory <laughs> comments that these idiots have made because they don't like anybody that's conservative. Conservative. They don't like anybody that's on the right side. They're on the left side, which is the wrong side, obviously. And Rush Limbaugh was on the right side. Okay, he always was. <laughs> you know, uh, he spoke the truth, spoke the truth, and shamed the devil, as the old saying goes. You know, so they hated him. The left hated him. The right loved him. I, I think President Trump is like that too, isn't it? The left hate him. The right loves him. So 
They're one and the same. Yeah. Hmm. He will be missed, no doubt. Well, yeah, I think um, yeah, I think that that when when it's a powerful voice for the conservatives, uh, they're not going to like that person. Okay, I actually had somebody say to me once uh, some some years back. Holy goddamn seed! Excuse me. Guy said to me year, several years ago, you know. My show hadn't been on the air that long. And uh, the guy says to me, you know, I listened to the archive of your show from the other night. You know, have you ever thought... Do, do you know? Do you think you'll ever be as popular as, as Rush Limbaugh? And I looked at the guy and I said, Ah, uh, no. Highly unlikely. He said, well, what would you do if you became that popular? How, how would you handle it? And I said, I'd handle it the same way I handle everything else. Very carefully. I said, but there is no one on the planet that will ever come close to Rush Limbaugh's style. Rush Limbaugh's effect. The effect he has on, on our nation is it, it's beyond measure. That's what it that's what it always came down to his effect on the on the on the growing number of conservatives in America today over the years has been unstoppable and someone once said of Rush Limbaugh God I wish I could remember who said I think it was I think it might have been Ronald Reagan himself who said that the only way you're going to silence Rush Limbaugh is once he's once he's dead and buried. That'll be the only way to silence him. Death would have to knock at his door. Well, 70 years old, complications from lung cancer, and he loved his cigars. Say that right now. He did love his cigars, but uh, he was respected and hated. Even the people who hated him, at one point or another, had to show him some kind of respect. Because you can hate someone. And still, res- and, and still respect them. As crazy as that may sound, you can hate them and still respect them. Uh, mm-hmm. One of, the, one of the, the ironies of this is I, I was going through Parlor earlier today and, uh, you know, I came across, I think, who the heck was it? I think it might have been you, Mike, that posted something from where his wife went on the air. It was like a two-minute, two, uh, two-minute and five-second uh, segment. Uh, because of the music, yeah, I can't probably. play it through the through the clip computer. But um, I can play it through the broadcast computer directly. Uh, you would just have to listen to it, you know, through Mixler. 
um, if you wanted to hear what she said, although if, if, if you know, Gunslinger, if you hadn't heard it already. Um, but yeah, this, this, his widow, you know, I, I got to give the woman a lot of credit. It took a lot of courage to go into that studio to sit down at that microphone and talk about her husband. You could almost hear the, in, in her voice the sorrow that she was feeling. You could feel the sadness right through the speakers. But she spoke eloquently and you know, I give the I give her a lot of credit. I truly do. Now let's see. Right. Let me see if I can get into parlor. By the way, folks, if you can access your parlor account, if you have a parlor account from when it was still on the Amazon Web Services uh, servers, you can log in with your old with your old uh, login information. That's what I did. It's all still there. Well, well, you can on a computer, but not on not through the phone. I did on, on the, the uh, on the on the Google app too. Oh. Uh, well, I, I couldn't do it. Something's wrong. Must be my phone. I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's see. When did Fox News? See, nice thing about and here, here's something else to think about. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, here's something. Uh, here's something else to think about, uh, George. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh, we wouldn't have Fox News. We wouldn't have uh, One America News, RSBN, uh, you know, uh, OANN and stuff like that. Because remember, he did a TV show from 1992 to 1996. It ended in 1996, but... Two years later, we get Fox News, I believe, in 1998. I believe I'm correct on that timing, right? No, you got to so, remember. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. Whoa. Slow slow, slow down there, 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 Speedy Gonzalez. Okay? He was doing his show shortly, his TV show. He did that shortly after Fox News went on the air. And Hannity and Are Combs sure? was, was one of their prime time uh, shows. So, am I am I sure? I was watching Fox News from I the mean, day I'm, it started. I'm at, I mean, I'm looking at the timing. Uh, what 1992 to 1996 was was uh, Russia's television show. Are you sure? Right? So. I could have sworn it was it, it, it was like around nineties, late ninety six, early ninety seven. No, I'm looking. It says 
Uh, he had Limbaugh had a syndicated half-hour television show from 1992 to 1996, produced by Roger Ailes. The show discussed. Well, we know what it was, all right. But 1992 to 1996 was his television show, and shortly after the show went off the air, is when I believe Fox News started, right? About 1998, maybe 97, 98. Hold on, Fox News. Hold on, I'll, you know what? Let's let's not sit here speculating. Why don't we do the do the smart thing here? Hold on. Uh, when did Rush Limbaugh do his? TV show. His show was from 92 to 96. Okay. Yep. So, all right, there's that. Now. Let's see here. Fox News Channel. Hold on a second here. Trying to... There we go. There it is. There's the information on that. Waiting for it to open. When did Fox News start? I'm October looking, I'm looking. Patience 7th. there, young blood. Launched Eight, October, October 7th, 1996. <laughs> Go ahead. Good God. Do you want to host the show, Mike? I'll be more than happy to, to stop, to, to sit there and shut up. All right. Muting now. You got to learn to be patient there, son. Started 24 years ago on October 7, 1996. Okay. So, yeah, he, he was doing his show before Fox News came. Well, that it, it, wait a minute. When did, he, when did his show go off the air? See, that's, that's the funny thing about it. Now you got me wondering. All right. Chime in, dude. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say is, you know, uh, that if it wasn't for Rush, because Rush was a conservative commentator on a TV, yeah, it was a syndicated show and it came on at odd times, but it drew big ratings, right? Uh, uh, you know, but... He he proved that there was a niche on TV for a conservative commentator, you know, to do actual analysis of the news in a in a in a fair-minded way, you know. So that that was my point. And if it wasn't for him, 
I mean, Roger Ailes was the producer of that show for those uh, nine, four years, whatever it was, 92 to 96. Well, what did Roger Ailes go on to do? Right? Oh, <clears throat> where'd everybody go? Hello. I'm okay. here. I I turned down my fader. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, like you said, Roger Ailes produced it, but I've been trying um, to track down the exact day, month and day in 1992 he started the show on TV and when it ended in 96. But there's no information on that anywhere. All I got, all, all I'm getting is 92 to 96. So he could have, Fox News could have started in, in, you know, Fox News started in October of that year. Let's see. And I, I, I did search for it. I sat here searching for it. That's why you also didn't hear me for a, for a moment there. That's why you had dead air. I turned my mic down. Um, I don't know. The bottom line is, I think, uh, I, I think it, it, it says something for the, you know, for conservatives. Do I credit Rush Limbaugh for Fox News at the time? I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could say that with certainty. He may have had, you know, because he was his his TV show was produced by Roger Ailes. That may have been a contributing. It may have been a contributing factor. It's hard to say. Um, I mean, the first time he he host he he, he did a hosting job on TV was when it was March 30th of 90 when he was the guest host on the Pat Sajak show on, on CBS. So I don't know, man, go figure. Uh, now Iggy Mom is saying on uh, D Live that Dan Bongino uh, played the two the two minute clip uh, with his you know with it with uh, Limbaugh's wife. Uh, she wished that he had 
posted posted all of it. I wish he had too. I mean, did she do the entire show or was it just that one that one segment? It would have been interesting to find out. MRC had the full audio. And yeah, I was muted. I turned down you know what it is? I turned I sl- I turned down the fader on my audio board. Because the, the, the <laughs> keyboard is right under the mic. Oh, she just did the opening? Uh, well, I think that opening depends on how long the opening really was. I'll have to I'll have to check out MRC and see see and see what that has. Try and go from there, you know. Um. But you know what I was starting to say was. With this new audio board, instead of the faders being like dials, they're they're actual faders, fader slide bars. And all I got to do is pull back. And but now if I turn, if I slide it back up, now you can hear me again. And it's just a quick slide. Sometimes I slide and turn off the mic and forget that I turned off the damn mic. You know what I'm gonna do? You know what I should do? I swear to God, I'm gonna put a post-it note on the uh, on my and glue it to my forehead, right between, right where my eyes sitting in front of my eyes, and go. And on the post-it note, it's gonna say, "Don't forget to turn your mic up, stupid." But then again, I wouldn't be able to see the screen either, so that wouldn't work. Damn. Common sense. You're terrible. Ah. Uh. But anyway, I digress. Um, I think, I think part of the one, the one part of his legacy. Okay, the one part of his legacy um, that I believe is going to stand out. This is just me, but I think Limbaugh's legacy is going to be the impact. On the conservative movement as a whole, from the day he started, right up to his passing away today, I really think that's it's going to be that that that's that solid grassroots impact. So, oh. There's so much about what Rush Limbaugh did over the years. And he had some... I listened to his show and he had some fiery words to say about Clinton. You know, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama. He had some really choice words for Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. I mean, the man did not care if you liked it or not. He told you exactly how he felt about you if you were a Democrat. And he made sure you knew it. He 
he made sure you really knew it. <laughs> oh, and you want to hear something really screwed up? I forget where I saw it now, but someone actually had the nerve to say that the uh, something something about the wind turbines. Down in Texas. Oh, it, yeah. Oh, of course. I, I remember now. It was her royal stupidness. <laughs> Miss, uh, um, what? See, apparently Miss Saki made a very stupid comment about the wind turbines. I'm trying to find that. thought I collected that story, too. So you're telling me she she made a very stupid comment, which is part and parcel of being a Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, she, she's the, the, uh, she's, she's like the, um, uh, um, uh, let me get back to you on that. Uh, let me get back to you on that. Uh, circle back, circle back. Bingo. That, George, that term is going to, as long as she's in office, that term is going to become, come into the lexicon. Let's circle back. Circle back, baby. Circle back. Oh, I think I found it. Oopsie. Yeah. You want to hear a good one? And it's on Twitter. She put it on Twitter. Hold on. Oh, God. I am. This is. Oh. Her, 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 her. Wait a minute. Hold on. I got to wait for the video to finish buffering so I can turn it off. There. You know the the mic the audio is muted on it. Sometimes it stays, sometimes it doesn't. Well, apparently, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says coal and natural gas caused power grid failure in Texas. <sighs> Hold on a second. See. I'm trying to narrow down the, the narrow down the exact story 
Yeah, okay. Now it's going to make me work for it, right? Oh, boy. Really? That bad, huh? Kidding me today. All right, I'm trying to track this down. It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack, it seems. Oh, I hate these auto start videos, they're a pain in the ass. Let's see here. According to Yahoo News, like I really trust them, but let's see what they say here. During the White House press briefing Wednesday, Press Secretary Jen Psaki corrected false allegations that renewable energy sources caused power outages after the winter storm in Texas. Get this. Load of shit. I want to get back to the Texas crisis. So about a decade ago, federal regulators suggested that suggested they urged Texas to weatherize its power grid. That largely did not happen, or it certainly didn't happen enough. And of course, it was only a suggestion because Texas is not part of the national grid. What? You may have seen that Rick Perry, the former energy secretary and, govern and governor of Texas, has said today that Texans would rather endure days of blackouts than submit to federal regulation. This is Jen Psaki saying this. Is the president willing to leave 40 million Texans off the national grid? The fuck is she talking about? Okay. I got to get away from Yahoo News. They're about as much fun as a toothache. Apparently, dementia is catching. George. Well, it's either that I or mean, somebody forgot... It's either that or somebody forgot to tell her what the facts of life are. Ah, here we go. Nationalrifle.com. Mm -hmm. The Gateway Pundit. That's the story. That's what I was looking for. It was on the Gateway Pundit. Here we go. Now we're going to get, now I'll be able to give it to you. That is, of course, if I can keep this video from starting. 
Okay. All right. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on Wednesday said coal and natural gas, not frozen wind turbines, caused the power grid failure in this week's Texas cold snap. Texas got hit with a rare cold snap that, spa- that spanned to the southern part of the state and the power grids gave out. Power outages were initiated by the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, or ERCOT, early on Monday morning. Power outages were initiated by ERCOT. Hmm. Okay. Power outages. Oh, I just read that. Millions of Texans went without electricity for days. We already knew that shit. But anyway, temperatures fell into the teens near Dallas and 20s around Houston with wind chills near zero. According to state authorities, nearly half of the wind turbines in Texas froze, hurting the power supplies. Millions of Texans suffered blackouts partly due to the frozen wind turbines. Saki said reports suggesting renewables caused the power grid failure in Texas are inaccurate. Rather, it was renewables that came in to save the day. Numerous reports show that it was failure in coal and natural gas that contributed to the state's power shortages, Saki said. Okay. Well, it just so happens I have a native Texan on the on here on the line with us. So I want to get Gunslinger's uh, viewpoints on this little nugget from Jen Saki, who probably drinks a lot of sake. She says that coal and natural gas and not frozen wind turbines cause power grid failure in the Texas cold snap. What say you, Gun? Gun? Oh, Gun. He disappeared again. Yo, Slinger. (laughs) Unbelievable. Hey, you Texas butterball, what'd you do? Find a gorgeous blonde brunette and redhead and decide to have have a little fun fun? I mean, for crying out loud. Anyway... Let me let me dissect this story a little bit here, okay? Because, folks, I'm telling you right now, Jen Saki is the big is, is is a horse's ass. She says that power outages were initiated by the Electric Reliability Council of Texas or ERCOT. 
why would they, in the middle of a fucking winter storm, where the temperatures are dropping down near zero, initiate power outages? That's nuts. No power company in its right fucking mind would 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 initiate power outages. I mean, Mike, what exactly is this woman's brain matter consist of? Swiss cottage cheese or something? More like oatmeal. Oh. Hey, I, I happen to like my oatmeal, especially with some raisins in it. Yeah. You know what? You know what they do? You know what Democrats do? If you've ever seen Ren and Stimpy. Oh, I used to uh, love watching that. They live in the land of the left socks. Yep. They live, in, they live in the land of the left socks. Where the right one goes, nobody knows. You know? Mm-hmm. How can they be... So wrong about so many things because I mean, they really, don't tr- huh? they, they don't they don't actually trust the science of anything. What else? No, they don't. Uh, there, there, there was a character that I think it was Mister Walrus on Ren and Stimpy. If he were to confront or get confronted by a liberal. He'd be sitting there going, call the police. Trust me, you'd have to see Ren and Stimpy to know what I'm talking about. Um, I wonder if they're available on DVD. Hmm. I'll have to look it up one day. But no... She she says that that power outages were initiated by the Electric Reliability Council of Texas or ERCOT, which is insane. Saying that coal and natural gas and not wind turbines caused the power grid failure. Um, frozen wind turbines, if they're not spinning, they're not doing. They're not making electricity. And if they're and if they're frozen solid, they're not going to make electricity. I swear to Remember God, what I, I think said, that, George, I think there's using, blonde roots in there. They're using, yeah. Remember, they're using electricity of two point two million watts per day, sucking off the grid while they're frozen. Yeah, they're using power. Well, according to Jen Psaki, the, the press secretary, Gunslinger, she claims that power outages were initiated by the Electric Reliability Council of Texas. Well, okay, in a way, she's right, okay, because you got to look at the overall system, okay. The ERCOT did say to cut to shed the load it's called shedding the load okay now if they if they didn't shed the load okay and it went into a blackout the whole state of texas could go down 
okay? Because we lost 40% of the generation to, uh, capability in Texas because of this bullshit, okay? So that means only 60% was operational. So those 40 that went down now puts the load on those 60s, 60% that's still running, which quadruples the load on the 60s percent that is running so you got to look at a balance here you know put your two hands out and your fingers pointing at each other one is demand one is you know surplus or, or, or power and as they get closer to balancing or, or straight across from each other that's a danger they have to be one you know you got to have plenty of generation up here but you also have got to have a lower load factor too but if the lower if the load factor comes up and starts seeding the amount of generation that you can put out, now you're getting into the danger zone. Okay, and the systems are uh, uh, designed to cut out. So go ahead. Hmm. Yo. So, to some to to in, in, in part partly. In, <laughs> Let me try that again, everybody. I know I can. T- yes, I can talk, but sometimes either my tongue is blocking the eye teeth and I can't see what I'm saying, or for some stupid reason, my mouth just doesn't want to work. So let's try this again, shall we? Hmm? Uh, so in a way she was right, but in a way she was wrong. She needs to do better research, do better homework than, than what she did. Seriously. Um, not for anything, but I would not want to be in her shoes the day she's caught being wrong. Oh. I just tried to share something on Parlor and it did not go through. Okay. Fine. Be that way. Uh... Oh, oh, this is, oh, this is, this is, this is absolutely fantastical. According to the Gateway Pundit, Democrat leaders in New York states, in the New York State Senate, moved to strip Governor Cuomo of emergency powers. Holy shit. It is the beginning of the end for Cuomo's disgusting reign in New York State. New York State Democrats moved on Wednesday to strip Governor Andrew Cuomo 
of his emergency pandemic powers. This comes after news broke earlier tonight that the FBI and U.S. attorney in Brooklyn are reportedly investigating Governor Cuomo's handling of the nursing homes amid the COVID pandemic. Oi! Him in big trouble, Kimosabis. And earlier today, the New York Post reported that Cuomo threatened to destroy a fellow Democrat over nursing home criticism. According, according to a, a tweet from Clay Travis, is Andrew Cuomo still a hero for the left wing in, in, for the left wing? Okay, let's try that again. Mm-hmm. Is Andrew Cuomo still a hero for the left wing imbeciles? It's amazing how it took nearly a year to catch up with the media's false narrative that Cuomo was a hero for his COVID response. Reality is his reality is his performance was objectively worse than any politician in the world. So it looks like Cuomo is going to get his head handed to him. Stripped of his emergency powers. That's going to mean a, that's going to put him behind the eight ball for sure. What do you think of that, Mike? Yep. It is going to put him behind the eight ball. And couldn't happen to a more deserving fellow, you know? I mean, look, I know it's a Democrat state, right? <laughs> a Demo- um, you know, I know it's a Democrat state, but. Even the Democrats in that state can't be that blind as to see what he did. As well, not it's Democrat leaders did, in the state right? Senate that are moving to strip him of his emergency powers. Okay. I want to say thank God for some, for some sane Democrats because I don't know if there are any sane Democrats available. Well, so, these you Democrat know? leaders, but, obviously for the time being, have grown a brain cell. So I give them a little bit of credit that they grew a brain cell. Beyond that, I ain't giving them credit for much else. But Mike, you have a Democrat for a governor, don't you? Yep. And and has your governor done things rather bass-ackwards? No. In fact, I've said this before to you, George, that our governor has seemed to uh, stuck by the guidelines that the president, President Trump, put forward before he left office. 
you know, in 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 terms of reopening the state and and doing this. And yeah, we've had a little spike here here and there, but not to the effect of New York. And we never put sick people in the uh, in a in a hospital mm. in a in a uh, in, in in a nursing home. So you go figure. All right. So think about it. There are Democratic governors that are, that are actually saying that aren't power mad, you know, and they want power and they're power on a power bench, you know. That's, you know, it is what it is with that, you know. I mean, what can you say about him that has not, what can you say about uh, Cuomo that has not been said? I mean, other than the fact that at one point he actually thought he had a shot, he might have had a shot at running as a Democrat, uh, running at, running for president as a Democrat. Right now, granted, you know that was before he did all that crap and before the uh, the whole thing with the nursing home, right? Mm. But again. This is him being him, you know. What can you say about this? Well, uh, I don't know about this asshole. I mean, think about it. But it, it, it's the guy it's, is what he is. Yeah, I'll grant you that. Grant you that. But Mike, you know, you got you got you got to you got to ask yourself. You know why would why would New York why would Democrat leaders in the New York State Senate be looking to strip this guy of his of his emergency powers? I mean, these are fellow Democrats. These are people who ha, who who backed Cuomo through this pandemic. Now all of a sudden, not so much. Could it be that they're now looking to distance themselves from a man who has completely embarrassed not only himself but the but the state as well? I mean, how many governors how many governors do you know in the middle of a pandemic or in the middle of a emergency situation like this pandemic, for example, would turn around and write a book of bragging about their leadership during such. When in March, before they wrote the book, they mandate, the governor that is, mandates COVID-positive patients get moved to nursing homes where the people in the nursing homes are negative for coronavirus. And as soon as they get moved into the into the nursing homes, thousands, tens of thousands of nursing home patients die from coronavirus. Why would why would you continue to support a governor who has done such stupid, moronic, and completely imbecilic actions? 
You would if you were a, if you were a Democrat, you'd want to distance yourself from him, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're. I think that's what these Democrats are going to try and do. They're going to try and distance themselves from him because they know he's he, his actions are way too dangerous for the party. At least here in New York, anyway. Something tells me that they're 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 gonna pull they're gonna pull a horror show on that bastard, and when they do, he's gonna be on the outside looking in. I mean, look at what look at what's happening here. Okay. Look look at what it says here. The FBI and U.S. Attorney in Brooklyn are reportedly investigating Governor Cuomo's handling of the nursing home of nursing homes amid the COVID pandemic. Why would they do that if this guy didn't do something criminal? Well, they suspect he did something criminal. Gunslinger, what about you? What what do you think of the, uh, uh, about this? Gun. Paging gunslinger. Paging gunslinger. Come to the white courtesy phone. <laughs> Your flight is leaving the hangar. I wasn't going to say that, but I, I could have. I could have turned my echo back up and go, Will Mr. Gunslinger 1964, will Mr. Gunslinger 1964, please pick up the white, any white courtesy phone. Mr. Gunslinger, please pick up any white courtesy phone. I could have done that. I could have. Really easy. Wait a minute. I just did. Oh, darn. <laughs> kind of reminds me. Kind of reminds me of that scene from Airplane when you have the two voices. The white zone is for the loading and unloading of passengers only. Stay away from the red zone. No, the red zone is for the loading and unloading of Passengers only. Stay away from the white zone. And then an argument ensues. I remember. Very well. That is a hilarious movie. It is. I, I, you know, when, 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 when I, when, when, um, especially this, the the part with the uh, autopilot (laughs) and the autopilot's (laughs) deflating and, Lorraine is told to take this tube out from his belt and she's blowing him back up and in comes Leslie Nielsen, the doctor. And he, he sees that and he's like, Oh, okay. Doesn't say a word. Just the look on his face. Like, okay. Closes the door. (laughs) Thinks that she's giving the autopilot a BJ. Well, 
Maybe in a way she was, because what did that what what happened in, in a uh, concurring scene? You see them smoking cigarettes afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do yeah, like the, the airplane the movie, movies. The, they were a lot of fun. They were a lot of fun, and then at the end of the movie, an actual uh, blow up. Uh, I guess she was an air steward, uh, stewardess, you know, blows up and by the, by the autopilot and they take off and whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That I, I was a, like, that, that damn, was that's, that, that shit's good. It, it was a good, yeah. it was a really good movie. I, I, I gotta say, um, Zucker Abrams and Zucker did a fine job on that movie. They really did. They didn't do too bad with the uh, seat with airplane and two and sequel. Oh, they didn't. They're, they're, and, and their choice of music was definitely interesting. You know the theme from the music from uh, battle the original Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah. Now that was kind of an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Gunslinger, are you back yet? Yeah, I had a fucking phone call and somebody knocked on the door. So, yeah, I'm back. Did you hear... You didn't hear anything that was that was brought up uh, regarding Cuomo, did you? No. Missed it. Sorry. <laughs> okay, well, let me... Bring it, let, me, let me put it... I'll... Yep, here we go again. Try that one more time. Yes, folks. New York's New York Senate Democrats moved on Wednesday to strip Governor Andrew Cuomo of his emergency emergency pandemic powers. This comes after news broke earlier tonight that the FBI and U.S. Attorney in Brooklyn are reportedly investigating Governor Cuomo's handling of nursing homes amid the COVID pandemic. And earlier today, the New York Post reported that Cuomo threatened to destroy a fellow Democrat over nursing home criticism. Clay, Tra Clay Travis tweeted, is Andrew Cuomo still a hero for left-wing imbeciles? It's amazing how it took nearly a year to catch up with the media's false narrative that Cuomo was a hero for his COVID response. Reality is his performance was objectively worse than any politician in the world. So New York Democrats in the Senate are looking to strip him of his emergency COVID, COVID response power. Basically, what they're looking to do is strip him of, that, of those emergency powers for the pandemic because of what he did back in March of last year when he told the hospitals to send COVID-positive patients to nursing homes where the patients were not 
positive for COVID. They they test they were negative for COVID, and then all those seniors started dying left and right because they contracted COVID nineteen. Wow. To see Democrat leaders in New York State's Senate move to strip the governor of his emergency powers? What do you think of that one, Gunn? Well, I can't say that. I can't blame him. I'd strip that motherfucker down to shit. After what he did, I mean, come on. sending those he, he murdered those people, those elderly people in those nursing homes. Okay. He's the one that, that 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 said do it. Okay, and I'm sure that, that he had to have somebody tell him probably, hey, dumb fuck, that's not a good idea to do that. But he broke it as an arrogant fucking libtard son of a bitch Democrat. Uh, he probably didn't listen. See what you get when you don't listen. When you when you don't listen to somebody that might know a little bit more than you do. Okay, look what you get. You murdered all those fucking people. You might as well just you might as well just took a gun out and shot him, okay? Because that's what you did. You 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 put in people that had a known contagious disease into elderly population that their immune system is already fucked. Basically, uh, hell, a common cold could kill them, okay? Look what happened. Yeah, I mean, when, when, when you're a senior a citizen in a nursing home. You're you're you're, yeah. you're 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 not exactly in the best of health to begin with. You're in that high risk category. No. Extremely high risk. Fucking idiots! Shit! <laughs> Damn! Yeah. I, you know, gunslinger. I I get the impression that you know. I mean, I got I, I got no love lost for Democrats. You know that, but. To see Democrat leaders actually moving to do something against one of their own, you have to, you have to have done something pretty fucked up and horrendous for your own party to go against you. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Well, you know, it's just like. No, go ahead, Gun. No, I was just gonna say it's just like down here in Texas with the power situation. If these fuckers would listen, obviously somebody didn't listen to somebody. Okay. I mean, if they would have listened, then probably none of this shit would have ever happened. Okay. So I blame this ERCOT son of a bitches. They all be took out behind the woodshed and whooped their ass for not listening. To you know, to the to the plant operators and all this shit, saying you know, hey, you know, you guys better do something because, you know, our demand's going up, and oh boy, if it gets too much, you know, it's going to be shit. And guess what? <laughs> it was shit. They were right. Okay, so they knew they knew that this, this shit could happen, and they didn't do nothing about it, or very little. Let's put it that way. Very little did they do. Okay, so you tell me. What you know? Why why did they ignore the very good possibility that this could happen? Okay, what eighteen people's already died, something like that, because they froze to death. Some of them had they literally froze to death. Man, I'm telling you, these people, some somebody's heads need to roll. 
Okay. Then you'll probably say, well, you know, all those air conditioners in the summer running nine, you know, everybody in Texas damn near has an air conditioner. Why didn't it fail in there? Okay. Because there's a little bit of difference between an air conditioning load and a heat load. Heat is resistive, what we call resistive heat. Man, it's fucking resistive, let me tell you. Okay. Just quick example. Uh, you know, your outside air conditioner, your little thing that runs out there, your compressor, it only requires about a 30-amp service or a 30-amp circuit, mm-hmm. okay, from your house. 30 amps. You know how much a central heater, electric central heater in a standard size house, it will require a 100-amp circuit. 100-amp circuit. I know I have fucking hooked them up. I have had to run number six fucking cable to them son bitches. When you're running only number 10 to your outside unit. And you just got a blower unit up there in the attic. That's it. So you see the difference between air conditioning and heat resistive loads. Big difference. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, again, there's there's going to be hell to pay when, when all is said and done. There is going to be hell to pay. And, oh, yeah. and, and make no mistake about it. There's going to be people demanding answers. They're going to be demanding answers big time. And it is my hope that Governor uh, Greg Abbott uh, is one of the people leading the charge to get answers. Because, you know, the people of the state of Texas deserve to know what the fuck happened. Why the fuck did this, did this, did everything fail the way it failed? Why was the response so slipshod? Because obviously the the response is, is, has been slipshod. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So ERCOT has got a lot to answer for. Okay? They definitely do have a lot to answer for. And they better be able to come up with straight fucking answers and come up with the truth. They try to lie their way out of this one and they get caught. Some heads are going to fucking roll. Guaranteed. You know, they say shit roll, rolls downhill. Well, guess what? It's going to start at the top of the food fucking chain of ERCOT and go all the way down the lane. It's kind of like a, like a snowball. You take a snowball at the top of a snow-covered hill, you roll it up, and then you roll it down that hill, and it gets bigger and bigger as it's rolling down that hill. Well, when it gets to the bottom of that hill, that motherfucker could be a, could, could be a mile wide... And when that motherfucker runs you over, it's going to take you with it. Well, guess what? The snowball's coming, Urquhart. You better start running. Or answer a lot of painful questions. Well, according to the Gateway Pundit, Kentucky County demands that Mitch McConnell resign as GOP leader of the U.S. Senate over disgusting attacks against President Trump. Oops. I knew that was coming eventually. I I saw the writing on the wall for that one, too. The Nelson Mm -hmm. County Republican Party wrote Senator Mitch McConnell on Tuesday demanding he immediately resigned from his leadership position with the Republican Party's caucus in the United States Senate. This comes after McConnell's comments on Saturday 
and an editorial in the Wall Street Journal attacking and smearing President Donald Trump. Trump won Nelson County in Kentucky 67.5% to Joe Biden's 30.9% in the 2020 election. Nelson County Chairman Don Thrasher pointed out McConnell's complete and total disdain for the will of your constituents for the reason for the letter. And here's what what Don Thrasher wrote to Senator McConnell. Senator McConnell, I am in receipt of President Donald J. Trump's statement today on your leadership role in the Republican Caucus of the U.S. Senate. Given that the county party that I represent supports President Trump overwhelmingly and your complete and total disdain for the will of your constituents here in Nelson County, I am formally demanding you immediately resign your leadership position within our party's caucus in the United States Senate. I do not take this action lightly and understand that understand the ramifications in doing so. As the highest-ranking Republican in, the, in that position, you are the de facto leader of the National Republican Party. The overwhelming number of Republicans in Nelson County are not on your side on this issue, and I speak on their behalf. I cannot speak for other county parties in Kentucky, but if pressed for my thought, I would say without reservation their constituents agree with my position on the matter. Your leadership in the U.S. Senate does not represent the Republican voters that put our faith in you in the last primary election. Therefore, I am formally requesting you resign your position as Republican caucus leader of the U.S. Senate forthwith and with all possible dispatch. Regards, Don Thrasher, Chairman, Republican Party of Nelson County. Uh, that is really, Oops. really, really, really bad news for Mr. McConnell. And I, I could not agree more with, the, with Thrasher's uh, decision to send him that letter. He had to do that. I mean, good heavens. Mike, what was McConnell thinking? Okay. In the Senate impeachment trial, the sham trial that it was, he voted to acquit. Right? But then, after the trial was over, on the Senate floor, he completely trashed Donald Trump and even called for criminal prosecution. Civil criminal prosecution. You know, that's like me sitting here and saying that I voted for President Trump in both the 2016 and 2020 elections. 
and then in one bold stroke of stupidity come out with something like this even though i voted for him twice i cannot in good conscience believe that he would be able to win and that his chances are zero of victory i would expect somebody to slap me upside the head and tell me i'm a stupid motherfucker for making a bold shit-faced comment like that if i were to have made a comment like that well mcconnell just got got slapped a good one by the nelson county republican party there in kentucky he just got a, 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 a not a, a splash of cold water in the face he got a fire hose spraying him in the face that's bad when when the when a county when the county republican seat demands his resignation as caucus leader in the senate McConnell better pay close attention because his ass is grass and the voters are going to be the lawnmower. What do you say, Mike? Mm-hmm. Well, what, what Thrasher did is he played the role of your late mother and grabbed a frying pan and hit McConnell square in the back of the head. <laughs> That's what he did. <laughs> Well, well, in in mom's case, that's one of these aluminum things. Just to just to defend my my mother's uh, that 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 statement I make about my mother and the cast iron frying pan, she wouldn't hit me in the back of the head with it. She'd (laughs) she'd smack me on the ass with it. (laughs) That's what she always said she would do if I didn't listen to her. (laughs) So just want just want to clear that up, folks. Just want to clear that little ditty up there. Go ahead, Mike. But you see that's. That's what that's what he did. And look, you're right. He, his ass is great. I mean, you look at all the guy, all the Republicans that voted with the Democrats, right? And what has happened to them? I mean, they're getting censured by their state parties, left and right, and they're basically done. I give you a good example: Bill Cassidy. I voted for the man, what, twice, once, twice, something like that. I'm not going to vote for him again, that's for damn sure, you know, after what he did, you know. And so, and he's been censured by the Louisiana Republican Party. And rightly so. And rightly so. And what's going to happen with that is that censure it's going to cause him to lose his next election. Now, he's not going to get beat by he's not going to get beat by a Democrat. I don't think the Democrats have to have the wherewithal to win that seat. It's a Senate seat, and it's been a Republican seat for I don't know twenty five, thirty years, something like that. So I don't think they're going to win that seat, and but he's got he's not 
he's not going to be the senator from Louisiana anymore. It is what it is, you know. And this is this is same thing for this guy. For 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 well, we call him the turtle at times, but for for Japan for Japanese mar uh, Chinese marrying shipping magnets for uh, uh, guy uh, into that family. Uh, uh, what's uh, former? Majority leader now, minority leader now, going to be ex senator uh, uh, McConnell. You know, he needs to go, and he needs to go fast. And this is the start of it. And this is Kentucky. This, he could probably get away with it if he was in New York or California or. Or something like that, but this is Kentucky, right? He is not. This is a Republican state. Trump won the state, uh, hands down. He won the state. He won that county, hands down. You know, and just like just like uh, Trump won Louisiana, hands down. All right. I mean, in a walking run, Louisiana. And he won that, the uh, the constituency of that, uh, which is my, I voted for the guy, like I said, and I voted for the other senator. But, you know, it is what it is. And these guys need to go. Yeah, he, yeah, he voted to acquit, but he would love, he's, he's a swamp creature. He's been there forever. He would have loved to have been able to impeach the guy, I think, because he, he knows what's happening in, in the back channels of the party, especially in the House with, with, the, uh, with how Trump's got a lot of power going on now, still has a lot of power going on, and he's going to remake the House into, I don't want to say his own image, but close to it. You know, by supporting people against other people and and and, and uh, 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 you know that 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 type of stuff, and he could do the same thing in the Senate. I guarantee you that when McConnell comes up, he's not going to win. I guarantee you that. You know, back to you, George. Well, I just. <laughs> I just wonder if the liberal press is pushing against him too. I don't have to wonder too much because NBC NBC News put out the following headline. U.S. Attorney, FBI investigating Cuomo's handling of nursing home deaths. The U.S. Attorney in Brooklyn and the FBI have begun a preliminary investigation into the way New York Governor Andrew Cuomo... Let me open this puppy up. Now, this is NBC News. The same people that own MSNBC. Get a load of this. All right? Now, I normally don't read a lot of stuff from NBC News, but this, this shocks me. 
that they're actually picking up this story. The U.S. attorney in Brooklyn and the FBI have begun a preliminary investigation into the way New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's administration handled data about COVID-19 nursing home deaths. After early praise for his leadership, when his state became the U.S. epicenter for the pandemic, the governor is now dealing with accusations of underreporting nursing home deaths. In recent weeks, the administration revealed that 15,000 long-term care residents have died, up from 8,500 previously disclosed. That's a lot of people dead. Spokespeople for the U.S. Attorney in Brooklyn and the FBI declined to comment Wednesday night. The Albany Times Union first reported news of the inquiry. As we publicly said, DOJ has been looking into this for months. We have been cooperating with them and we will continue to. A senior advisor for the governor, Rich Abaz- as, as a party, said Wednesday night. Last month, State Attorney General Letitia James released a damning report that said the state health department underreported the COVID-19 death toll at nursing homes by as much as 50%. And last week, Melissa DeRosa, Cuomo's top aide, said that the state held off on releasing the fuller death count in August because fears because of fears that President Donald Trump would use the information against Cuomo. On Monday, the governor acknowledged that things should have been done differently and insisted that lessons were learned. In retrospect, we should have given more priority to fulfilling information requests. In my opinion, yes. That's what created the void, Cuomo said. I just want to make sure people know these are the facts. Everything that could have been done was done. Mm-hmm. Democratic and Republican lawmakers in New York are now reported to be reconsidering their decision to grant Cuomo emergency powers to contend with the, with the COVID-19 crisis. New York was hit hard in the early days of the pandemic, and until recently the state led the, the country in COVID-19 deaths. It had recorded 47,301 as of Wednesday second only to California's 47,670, according to the most recent NBC News data. Most of New York's deaths came in the early days of the the pandemic, when public health officials were trying to figure out how the coronavirus was spreading. The U.S. Eastern District is likely handling, is likely handing this investigation in part, handling this investigation in part because U.S. Attorney Audrey Strauss for the Southern District is the mother-in-law of Cuomo's aide, DeRosa, 
and would have to recuse herself and office. A, a spokesman for the U.S. Attorney, Southern District, also declined comment Wednesday night. So even in their rather half-hearted report there, they, they, they came out against Cuomo even in their own report, though it, it was kind of a, uh, a, a, a watered-down report. They still came out and said what the U.S. attorney and the FBI are doing. And I lost Mike on the line. He decided to take off for the night. So, Gunslinger, I get the feeling that Cuomo is in deep shit. You know? Well, yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, yeah, from what I was saying a while ago, I had to drop off for a minute because I had to make a phone call. But, yeah, it sounds like he's in deep shit, you know. And he should be. It's rightfully so. He should be. Okay, so I hope they barbecue his ass. Ain't no doubt about that because he deserves it. You know, (laughs) go ahead. Yeah, well, it, it, that that's the whole thing right there. You know, here's here's a guy who feigned leadership during this pandemic, only to come out, only to be found out to be the mastermind behind sending COVID positive patients to nursing homes, where they infected the nursing home populations and ultimately caused the deaths of those senior citizens. Now I've been in contact. I've been uh, tweeting responses to Janice Dean. Uh, she's a meteorologist with Fox News Channel. Since you know this this whole sl- not from the very beginning, but since her direct involvement in in this whole sordid affair, because uh, she lost loved ones like so many others did, uh, in because of what Cuomo had done. So. I'm going to say something to everyone here in New York. It is my hope that someone, somewhere in the state of New York, up in Albany especially, that knows state Senate, the, the state senators and state legislators of New York, my hope is that you get off your, that you, you don't let this drop, that you not only strip him of his his uh, emergency powers but ultimately decide to impeach the little bastard you know that's the saying the democrats used in 2020 no one is above the law well guess what cuomo neither are you you're not above the law not by a long shot And think about this. If he is impeached and convicted in a, in, in a state trial, 
everything he did for all the years he's been in office could be undone. Including and not limited to, I hope, the New York SAFE Act. Incredible. Well, I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Parlor about about uh, Cuomo, and boy, is he getting his ass reamed. Unbelievable. Now, you want to hear a, a really fucked up story, Gun? Check this out. This is from the New York Post. I, I sat here laughing about this one. Like, let me... Um, Take it out of reader mode for a second because there is a picture that goes with this story. Uh, I can find it, that is. Come on, pause, you little bastard. Thank you. Now. I'm going to show this picture as I read this story. I guarantee folks you're going to you're going to love this. So Well, let me show the picture first and then I'll read the story because I'm not going to be able to do both. But I want to get some I want to take some comments from uh, Cherokee Rose watching on Periscope with the FBI's track record lately. A lot of people are concerned Cuomo will get a slap on the wrist at best. Um, I don't know. Let's face, let, let's, face the, let's face the reality here. The FBI knows that their reputation has been down has been hitting the, hitting the skids in recent, in recent years. So there are good men and women you know of the FBI that will take up this case. And do it. Do the investigation proper. The question becomes: Will will they follow? Will, will will the U.S. Attorney's Office follow through for criminal prosecution? That's the that's the one question that does come to mind on that uh, Cherokee Rose. Uh, really does. And 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 could it could their investigation lead to? Cuomo's impeachment and removal from office. If that happens, as I said, just like with the President of the United States, if the if if the President of the United States is impeached and a Senate trial after investigations and hearings and all that, uh, it's proven that you know the President of the United States did something uh, criminal, and he is removed. From, the, the, that President is removed from office. 
everything he's done, all of his executive orders and all of his uh, policies and everything go right down the shitter. Much in the same way it happens for the president, it can happen for, for a governor of a state too. Which means everything he did, everything he did over the years goes right down the shitter. Oh, really? I heard that beep, 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 beep. Uh-oh. What the heck was that? In my new... That was about to... Ow, that's my new gate alarm motion sensor thing. Oh. <laughs> oh. Never mind. Aren't we fancy? Uh-oh. I just got bumped off of Blog Talk Radio. Oh, come on. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please enter your host pin when... To start your show now... Since it appears you're calling back into a live show, we are reconnecting you now. I apologize, Blog Talk Radio people. I got booted all uh, my my connection to 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 Blog Talk Radio dropped. That's not very nice. How do you like them apples? Somebody didn't want me to finish a sentence. How very terrible. All right. So let me um, let me see here. All right, folks, you're going to love this. I'm going to show the picture first, and then I'll read the story. Take a look at this at this picture. Okay, those of you watching on the video feed. Now I'm going to also share this image. Um, let me switch off of that for a second. I will share this picture. Um, in the chat room on Mixler so the gunslinger can see it. There we go. All right. Now, let me go back to it real quick here. Now, again, take a look at it. Now, you see this, right? Nice swimming pool, ain't it? Now, now that you've seen that, uh, Hold on a second here while I uh, put that same image up on the on the screen again, although on the right-hand side of your screen. Okay. Take a good look. All right. Now that you've seen it, again, here's the story behind this from the New York Post. Come on, stop. I hate these auto start videos. They're a pain in the ass. New York City man who bought pool for neighborhood busted over drug operation. Yep, you heard right, folks. He will, <laughs> wait till you hear this one. A Washington Heights man who set up an inflatable pool to help residents cool off during last summer's heat wave, has been busted 
for running an extensive drug-dealing operation out of his apartment building, according to authorities. Joshua Torres, 34, made headlines in July when the mercury neared 100 degrees in the city for setting up the $900 pool outside of his building on Audubon Avenue near West 174th Street. I wanted to do something for the community, Torres boasted to the Wall Street Journal at the time, claiming to be the building's super and noting that he positioned the pool next to a dumpster so he could dive into the water. Okay? But prosecutors allege he was doing something very different for the community. Allegedly, running a drug crew that dealt heroin laced with fentanyl, prescription pills, crack cocaine, and methamphetamine in an operation that ran 24 hours a day. From his Manhattan hospital bed at the hospital of... Oh, oh it's, sorry, that's a different story. Torres was busted Wednesday on 34 counts of conspiracy and other drug dealing charges in a case that will be prosecuted by the special narcotics prosecutor's office. At least one of the deals took place at the pool where Torres and members of the crew lounged during the heat wave, prosecutors said. Among his workers were a fellow suspect Ramandia Handley, who was pictured by a post photographer lounging in a bikini in the pool last summer, authorities alleged. Now Joshua Torres, 34, set up the $900 pool outside the building, like they said, right? Well, investigators busted Torres, Hanley, and four other alleged workers after an extensive investigation that included cover undercover buys and wiretaps. Residents of the block said Wednesday they were disappointed to learn of Torres' arrest, but not completely surprised. The water always looked dirty, so I never jumped in, said a neighbor named Juanita, who declined to give her last name. It's disappointing to learn a local hero is a drug dealer. Welcome to the neighborhood. My kids spent, the, spent this summer in the pool. They didn't give out goodie bags of weed. Shame on this man for putting my girl in danger, added another resident, 24-year-old Vanessa. Torres pleaded not guilty at his arraignment Wednesday and was remanded into custody. Handley pleaded not guilty and was granted supervised release. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me, let me point something out to you, okay? If... If your superintendent or alleged superintendent did something like put a pool like this outside the building during a heat wave, okay, well, here's the thing. 
you better ask the following questions. What the fuck is he is is this guy doing other than being Mr. Nice Guy with something like this? Okay. Is this person dealing methamphetamines? Heroin? Cocaine? Weed? Yeah. A good deed does not overshadow criminal activity. What do you say, Gun? Well, Cherokee Rose said on Periscope, looks like they set it up in the road. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you look, if you look right, right, you know, uh, right over, try not to get my hand to disappear. If you look way over, you see the double yellow lines and you see um, blockade barriers going around the outside of the pool. Yeah. I wonder why the city didn't come down on him for setting up an inflatable pool that blo that could potentially block traffic. Or maybe that was the catalyst for investigating this guy's extracurricular activities. Gun? I didn't hear all of it. Sorry about that. I had to make another fucking phone call. at Grand Central Station around here all of a sudden for some goddamn reason. My phone's been ringing off the fucking hook. That's unusual. It's a Monday. <laughs> it's Even though it's realistically goddamn. Wednesday. <laughs> well, it, technically, it may, it's still Monday. Realistically, it may be Wednesday, but technically it's Monday because all the goddamn phone calls. But anyway, uh, give me the Reader's Digest. I had to put well, you on a hold. man named Joshua Torres... Uh, in New York City, was arrested. Mm. Uh, hang on a second here. Let me get let me get off the uh, off the off the picture there, so I can re read this again. Um, the the New York City man bought a pool for the neighborhood, got busted over drug over a drug operation he was running. Now check this out. <laughs> so this 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 guy in Washington Heights, Joshua Torres, set up an inflatable pool to help residents cool off during last summer's heat wave. Uh, he was busted for running an extensive drug dealing operation out out of his apartment building. So Joshua Torres, he's 34 years old, made headlines back in July of last year when the mercury, you know near 100 degrees in the city uh, for setting up the $900 pool outside of his building on Audubon Avenue near West 174th Street. Uh, Torres boasted to the, Washington, to the Wall Street Journal that he wanted to do something for his community, right? Claiming to be the building's super and noting that he positioned the pool next to a dumpster. 
Now, Gunslinger, I put the link in the Mixler chat room of that picture that I was showing on the video. So if you take a look at that, you'll, I'd like to know where the, where the fuck the dumpster was. Because it looks like that, that, pic, that pool is out in the middle of the damn road. Okay? Uh, so he positioned this pool, he claimed, next to the dumpster so he could dive into the water. Now, prosecutors allege he was doing something very different in, for the community. Allegedly running a drug crew that dealt heroin laced with fentanyl, prescription pills, crack cocaine, and methamphetamine in an operation that ran 24 hours a day. Okay? So, Torres, he gets busted on Wednesday on 34 counts of conspiracy and other drug-dealing charges in a case that will be prosecuted by the Special Narcotics Prosecutor's Office. Now, at least one of the deals, right, took place at the pool where Torres and members of the crew lounged during the heat wave. Among his workers were fellow suspect Ramondia Handley, who was pictured by a post photographer lounging in a bikini in the pool last summer. Uh, folks, I suspect uh, that the young lady right there jumping in with the bikini on, that's the girl that, prob- that's po- that was part of the drug dealing bit. Okay. So, there you have it, Gun. Bottom line, what do you say? Well, I guess they was uh, trying to do something, but obviously he got busted for it. <laughs> uh, well, hiding behind the cover. Oh, look at what I did. Look at the pool. Look at this. Look at this. Look at what I did by secretly being a, do- a drug dealer, dope dealer. So... Well, you know, and you run that risk when you do that kind of shit. You know, you, somebody's going to have to pay at, at some point in time. <laughs> you know, obviously he just did. <laughs> Go ahead. Yep, he got caught for dealing for dealing drugs. Oh well, sucks to be him, huh? Well, yeah, just you know, when I said a couple of weeks, three weeks ago, or whatever it was, when they busted that biggest dope deal here in Texas, okay, all that meth, boy, there are plenty of dope dealers out there crying the blue, I'm sure, here in Texas. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh man, well, it's amazing. Stupid people do stupid shit. Oh yeah, they do all the time. Now, here's a pretty fucked up thing. According to the New York Post, a man allegedly pushed his pregnant wife off a cliff after taking selfies. Yeah. Okay. 
Check this shit out. A Turkish man allegedly pushes his pregnant wife off a cliff after taking selfies, right? So, this Turkish man killed his pregnant wife by throwing her off a cliff after posting after posing for selfies and then tried to cash in on her life insurance, according to prosecutors. Hakan Asal was arrested. Asal, I think that's how it's pronounced, was arrested for murdering his 32-year-old wife, Semra Asal, and their unborn baby during a vacation in Butterfly Valley in Magla, Turkey, in June of 2018. Now, Asal age 40, reportedly shoved his wife, who was seven months pregnant, off the cliff after they took pictures. She fell 1,000 feet to her death and was killed instantly, according to the outlet. After Surma's death, the husband then tried to claim a life insurance policy he took out for her worth 400,000 Turkish lira or about $57,000 in U.S. currency. But he was denied due to a police investigation. Prosecutors charged the murder wasn't an accident and was premeditated because he wanted her money. A court has ruled that Asal be remanded in custody for premeditated murder. Semra, Semra's brother, Niam Yolku, said his brother-in-law didn't appear to show any emotion after his, after his sister died. When we went to the Forensic Medicine Institute to get the body, Hakan was sitting in the car, recalled Yolku, Yolik, they misspelled it um, apparently, during a video interview in court. My family and I were destroyed, but Hakan did not even appear sad. No, of course the guy didn't appear sad. He murdered his wife for the money. How stupid can people be? This, this is the kind of shit we've got going on in this day and age, Gun. Well, <laughs> they, like I said, they some stupid ass people out there. Uh, dumb ass people, stupid ass people. You got one in the White House right now. Okay. So, mm, yeah, why not? I mean, uh, boy, I, watch that first step. It's a doozy, baby. Hot damn. Thousand feet down. Wow. Uh, that's, that's a long drop. It is a long drop. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> can you imagine that? I mean, when I was flying back in the day there with a buddy of mine, we, we used to do what you call slow flight. Okay. And we mm-hmm. get up about a thousand feet above the ground. Okay. And Bob, that's his name, buddy, he's a pilot. And he would slow the aircraft down. 
by you know pulling the power out, and it would it would come within probably forty miles an hour stalling, what you call stalling. The stall warning indicator would come on. And he said, first time he did it, I said, hey, can I open the door? They said, yeah, you got you got your seat you got your seat belt on. And I said, yeah. So I opened the door and we about a thousand feet, and I'm looking straight down. I lean out and I'm looking straight down, one thousand feet. Well, you talk about taking your breath away. That's that's amazing. I said, I'll shut my door now. Thank you. Even yeah, you you still, you couldn't pay me enough to you know, to do that on a plane. Okay, sorry. Well, yeah, I thought it was. I mean, you ought to do it one time. I mean, I didn't think it was. I didn't. I just I said, "Are you sure I can open this at this door?" I mean, you know, we're up, we're up here a thousand feet according to the altimeter there, and he said, "Oh yeah, open it up as long as you got your seatbelt on. You ain't going anywhere." So I go out there and lean out there and. Hello, birds. You even seen a yeah, flock just, of birds down be, there. Just be thankful that seatbelt didn't birds. break. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But, you know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong, you know. Like, like I've always said, hell, you step outside your fucking door there, and you can slip on the ice and break your neck. Well, there's a chance you took us walking out your front door, right? We all no, think I live on the second floor. You know, I can walk out my door. And there the stairs go. are right there as I, if I turn sharp to the left. Well, guess what? Yep. It only takes but a split second for the foot to go the wrong way, and you go flying down a flight of fucking stairs, and your neck gets broken. Oh, yeah. You know. Yep. Or your back or leg or hip. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. Cherokee Rose uh, on Periscope, uh, in regards to that uh, that uh, that Turkish story, uh where the, where the husband killed his wife for the money. She says, he's a dirtbag and should be executed. Well, guess what? I believe Turkey has a has the death penalty. I'm pretty sure of that. People are crazy over money. She said, sad, for the, sad for the wife and her family. Yeah. And I and, and my heart goes out to that to that woman to that woman's family for their loss. I mean, no human life. You can't put a dollar sign on a human life. I'm sorry, but apparently he did. How much did he say it was? In Amer- in U.S. currency, it was fifty-seven thousand dollars, four hundred thousand lira. What a dickhead! Well, in U.S. money, fifty-seven thousand dollars ain't a whole lot of money. Okay, really not. Okay. Well, in, uh, in Turkey, four hundred thousand lira is probably a lot. Well, it's the same equivalent. I mean, it'd be fifty-seven thousand dollars in American money, so it'd be the equivalent of wherever that is, four hundred thousand, whatever. It's like Mexican money. I mean. Shit, it takes it takes a goddamn truckload to, just to buy something small down there. I know I've been down to Metamoras one mm-hmm. time, and they're always they're always you go down there and they they can tell that you're 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 an American, okay, okay. When we me and a pilot friend we drove down there to spring break one time one year, so we went across the border there because I've never been into another country on that side. Been to Canada one time, but I've never been to Mexico, so we went over there to Metamoras. I think we stayed there like two days. 
drove around the city, you know, out to the airport, blah, blah, blah. Man, they want that American dollar. I mean to oh, tell yeah. you, they want that American dollar. And at the restaurants, or they'll try to give you the change back in Mexican money, and you have to say, uh-uh, no, 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 no. I want American change. I want American change. Because, you know, the American dollar, even though it's a shitty over here, it's worth shit. Wow. I never, I never, I never seen anything like it. I mean, it's, that's crazy. Oh, tell me about it. Gunslinger, <laughs> let, let me tell you something, pal, okay? Um, I've got a friend, uh, before his wife, long before his wife passed away, okay? A friend of mine and his late wife, when she was alive, they used, they, they with their, for their church, they went on, on, on missions to Mexico, okay? And, you know, they, they had a wonderful time, you know, doing it, all right? But you know, I heard from a couple of people that went went on those on those mission uh, trips. You know, you, you have to be careful. You know how they say if you go to Mexico, don't drink the water. Well, there's a reason for that. There's enough parasites right. in their fucking water to kill you. Okay, that's why when they went down there, they 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 bought a shitload of bottled water. They went and got a, a truck, at least two truckloads of water. Well, van loads, and and they went down there with with bottled water, and they drank it sparingly. And you can get bottled water there too, but they figure buy it now and and just keep it on hand. <clears throat> so you had you know you you had your you you would have like two or three bottles of water per day. Depending on on the, on how hot it was, and they and you know they would they would sip they wouldn't gulp you know because you, you gulp that shit you're 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 not doing yourself a service. Take it from somebody who suffers from heat problems every summer. If the hum, heat and humidity get too high, one of two things is going to happen: either I'm going to pass the fuck out, or I'm going to end up with a nosebleed from from the high heat and humidity. And then pass out. Okay. And Cherokee Rose even said, "Exactly, Mexico can be a dangerous place. So you you, know, you got you you've got to be very careful when you go over there. If if anyone does go over there at all anymore. I mean, hell, look, look we've got them all coming over here. Why go over there when you can see them over here?" Yeah, no <laughs> But it's not just the Mexican people that are coming through those borders. It's people that are members of faction of organizations that don't like us. Now Cherokee Rose said she had a friend who drank water in Mexico, ended up sick. We laugh about it now, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny then. And no. Um, I knew a guy uh, who, had, you know, who, who served in, in the uh, Coast Guard. You know, I met him while I was serving in the, in, in the New York Guard. I met him briefly down in New York City when I went down for St. Patrick's Day. Because I actually marched in one of the in one of New York City's St. Patrick's Day parades, 
my first time ever marching in one in that parade i'll tell you what it, i had i had a blast marching in that parade i'll tell you about that a little more about that in a minute but uh this coast guard guy he and his wife went on vacation they decided to go to mexico he didn't take a, a big gulp of it. You know, he didn't drink a lot of it. All he did was drink a small sip, and he got so sick that he was laid up in bed for the whole time they were in Mexico. He came dangerously close to going to the hospital. And let me tell you something. Medical care in Mexico, not exactly great. I've been hearing horror yeah, stories about can, their medical care over there. You know, yeah, you can you can forget about that medical care down there. I mean, we was we went to this market, this open air market down there, and we just walking walking around looking at all the stuff. You know, hey, it's cool, and we see two federales standing over there. You know, the police they're called mm-hmm. federales down there in Mexico. And Bob decided to go over and talk to him. I said, man, you know, just be over talking to the dudes, man. So we kind of, he went over there and said, hey, how you doing? You know, that's done. That's friendly. And I'm I'm looking at, I mean, this is an old beat up car. I mean, it had one little bitty red light on top, like a, like a, uh, uh Mayberry. Yeah, oh, a the teardrop light. Remember that? Yeah, the teardrop light. That's it. On an old fucking rusted beat up car. One little teardrop light on top. And I'm looking at their their dirty uniforms and everything, and I swear to God, their guns were rusted in their holster. You could see the rust on the gun. And I'm going, yeah, because doesn't it say on the side of their vehicles, policia? Yeah, police. Yeah, policy. Yeah, yeah, policia. Policia. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pronounced policia, uh, which is um, which is Mexican for police. just yeah, like in Germany, you don't, you don't want you've no got the Polish eye. Yeah, yeah. Like German for You don't police. want to fuck with them, some bitches. Okay, you know you don't want to fuck with them, some bitches. That's no. You may not ever be seen again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the Federales—they may not have the greatest. They may not have modern equipment, but they are tough motherfuckers. You don't fuck with them. Same thing with the with the German police. Yeah. My brother told me a story about when he was on when he went on. Uh, on weekend pass, well, you went you went out in your like your your class B uniform, okay, you know which is basically like like a it's a, a scaled down dress dress uniform. So he's a, he and a buddy of his he and a buddy were out in their class Bs. They were just minding their own P's and Q's. Well, way up and way up ahead of them was another soldier in uniform. Carrying a boombox. This is back in the this is back in the early eighties. Okay, folks. Now you got to picture this. Picture, imagine. Use your imagination as you listen to the description. The polizei or German police come rolling up on him, and he's blasting this boombox, and they ask him politely to turn it down. Didn't do it. Asked him again, very politely. Didn't, still wouldn't do it. Well, they weren't going to ask him a third time. So they stop their car. They get out. They walk up to him, and 
One of them said to him, because some of the, the German police officers do speak fairly decent English. They knew he was an American soldier because he was in an American soldier's uniform. So the one cop looks at him and says, can I take a look at your radio? I've never seen one quite as nice as this. And he says, nah, sure. The cop gets a hold of it. He looks at it. He's looking at it. You know. Smash! Shatters it on the street. Into a million fucking pieces. And then they arrested the, the, they arrest the soldier. And all the while they're arresting this poor bastard, he's going, You can't do this to me! I'm an American soldier! You can't do this to me! I'm an American soldier! All the while they're putting him in the in the patrol car, and the other the other officer, while one's putting putting him in the back seat, the other officer turns to my brother and says, "Are you and your friend with him?" And my brother looks at the cop and says, "Nope." And the officer goes, "All right, have a nice day." He goes back, gets in the car. They take the they take the uh, soldier to jail. That that soldier did not see weekend pass after that. He was lucky he didn't get dishonorably discharged. But when my brother told me that story, I damn near fell out of my chair laughing. You do not fuck with, with, with police in foreign countries. You fuck with them, you are asking for absolute disaster. At, one, at the 2003 anniversary of the 9-11 attacks, I met a British Bobby. He was in his uniform for the event, for the anniversary. And I got a chance to talk with the man. Of course, the initial conversation started out a little, well, kind of off. Now, folks, as many of you know, you see me doing it on air. I smoke cigarettes. Okay, I'm a, I'm a smoker. Well, I took out a cigarette and I, and I lit it up. And the, the British Bobby, in, with his really, really cool accent, looks at me and goes, Oh, excuse me, sir. Pardon me, sir, but could you, could you spare a fag? And I stepped back and I said, Oh, what? He goes, Oh, bloody hell. No, no, no. I, I, you Americans call them cigarettes. In, in, in London, we call them fags. I said, okay. Well, remember, you're not in London anymore. You're in America. And if you say that to somebody and, and you say that to the wrong person, they're liable to deck you. Or worse. And me and the me and that British Bobby had had the biggest fucking laugh. I mean, we just we were just laughing our heads off, and we you know we got you know we got to conversating and everything, and uh, you know, it it, 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 it it I looked at him as, as, during the conversation. I said, you know, when you asked him to bum a cigarette from me, the way you did, that could have created an international incident. You know that, don't you? He goes, oh dear, well, we don't want to do that. You Americans are, uh, have treated us quite nicely since we arrived here. And I said, well, uh, you know, I, I'm an American soldier in full dress uniform, 
and I am a, I'm supposed to be diplomatic. My response to your initial question was not very diplomatic, and I started, I just started laughing. He goes, "Oh, it was quite diplomatic. I, I, I'm surprised you didn't turn red as an apple, and and look at me and go, did you just call me a fag? Needless to say, I had a, I, I had a, a great time chatting with this gentleman, and." Uh, I, I said, you know, if the, I wish the circumstances were, were different uh, for our being here today. But, um, you know, it's not, I'm, I'm very pleased to see that uh, London is, the, the, the British police are, are represented here today. Um, so after the ceremony was finished and everything, uh I was pushing a, I had a friend of mine that was pushing in a wheelchair and he, 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 he wanted to stop and talk to a couple of people, uh, cause he was wearing his firehouse jacket and everything. And, you know, people, you know, wanted to take pictures with him. Well, I didn't want to get in the pictures. I figured, you know, that, that, that's for him. That's his, that, that's for him. Let, let him have, have his day, you know, let him have that, have that moment to himself. And I walked up to the British officer and I said, listen, um, we're getting ready. We're going to be leaving to go back home, but we're going to stop and have a bite to eat. Would you like to join us? And the officer said, I wish I could, but unfortunately, from here, I'm going straight to the airport. I have to get, I have to travel back to London. He had only arrived in New York City that morning for the ceremony. He was he arrived he got off the plane showed up at the at ground zero stayed for the ceremony and then had to head right back to the airport to fly back to London I felt bad for that guy because that's a long time to be awake without you know any kind of you know real rest in between but here in a, here in a British cop ask to bum a cigarette and call it a fag that that that, that just blew my fucking mind because i until that moment i had never heard a cigarette called a fag ever in my life <laughs> and uh of course now of course cherokee rose is sitting sitting there watching this broadcast and she's dying laughing right now i mean you know, I, I could safely say that there there are some moments with with foreign with foreign police officers that can be really fantastic. But if you're in their country and you fuck up, uh, you know that old saying, "Your ass is grass and they're the lawnmower." Uh, yeah, big time. So, all I can say is, folks, if you travel to a foreign country, mind your P's and Q's. Remember that you are, you are a visitor, you are a guest in their country. And if you fuck up, you fuck up. You're toast. Now... 
Getting back to some more headline stuff here. Let's see now. Uh, gotta wait for it. Wait for it. Ah, oh, I had it loaded and all ready to go anyway. Silly me. Remember the girl with the with the gorilla glue? She finally got the gorilla glue out of her hair. But there's more to the story, folks. It's like the guy said on radio, on regular terrestrial radio, and the hits just keep on coming. Yeah. Let me put this cigarette out here. I think I'll make that the last one I have for 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 tonight. Try and cut back if I can. All right, you ready for this one, Gunslinger? Gorilla Glue Girl—that's oh, yeah. what they're calling her now. Gorilla Glue Girl. Tisha Brown's GoFundMe under investigation. Tisha Brown, who went viral for cementing her hair with Gorilla Glue, claims the GoFundMe she set up is now under investigation and she can't withdraw the funds, which she plans to donate to charity, she told the Post on Wednesday. The Louisiana native who's who's now out of the sticky situation and rocking a fresh natural look, set up a GoFundMe early on in her plight for help with medical bills and buying wigs. But now that she's decided to donate the money, the company won't let her withdraw it, she explained. They won't even release it to me because that many people have called and said it was a fraudulent account, Brown said during a Zoom interview. Every time you look at it, it says un it's under investigation. When Brown first set up the fundraiser, she only asked for $1,500 but it ended up skyrocketing to over $23,000. Now that she's cemented her viral fame with a celebrity management team and a merchandise line, she decided she wanted to give back the cash. I'm like, we can donate to Dr. Obeng, and the rest of that I'm going to donate I'm going to donate it to three families in St. Bernard Parish, Brown said, referencing the celebrity plastic surgeon who fixed her do and the South Louisiana locale she calls home. That's going to be pretty much pretty upsetting because who are y'all to say, you know, this was a fraudulent account? For one, Dr. Obeng brought me from St. Bernard Parish to Hollywood. Like I seen the sign to take this out of my head like this man didn't have to do none of this. Obeng, a Guyana native, runs the Restore Worldwide Foundation and travels overseas to perform constructive surgeries on people in developing countries who wouldn't otherwise have access 
to the procedures. Now, Obeng didn't charge Brown for the procedure to remove the glue from her hair, and she said it was the doctor's benevolence and other donors who made it possible for, th for that to happen. I can show my appreciation for this for his foundation and also I can help the next person Brown said saying she wants to donate $20,000 to Obank's charity the rest of the cash she wants to use for families in her parish who she personally knows have been struggling and could use the money to improve their situations no matter what I do it's a problem Brown, who's been accused of putting the glue in her hair as a social media stunt, griped. Brown said she wants to donate the money from her GoFundMe campaign to charity. A GoFundMe spokesperson told the Post in a statement, they are in touch with Brown and working with her on the withdrawal of funds. Prior to the withdrawal, she must clearly state on the campaign page how she intends to use the funds, the spokesperson said. Brown said she did, she did edit the page to say she was using the money for expenses related to the ordeal, but it hasn't been updated to reflect her new charitable plans. Uh, okay, first of all, let me scroll back in here. Uh, so she's now cemented her viral fame with a celebrity management team and a merchandise line. Why do I get a feeling that, that this whole thing was a setup? That she was stupid enough to put the glue in her hair just to become famous and, and get all these little, I, little perk ideas like a celebrity management team and a merchandise line. If I were, if I were a federal prosecutor, I'd be digging deep into this woman's financials, the works. There is something very wrong with this picture. And Cherokee Rose said on uh, Periscope, I cannot believe she had a GoFundMe. Wow, 23K. Wow, great surgeon donated his services. And the last thing the Cherokee Rose said was, yep, set up. In the words of Mr. Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, can you say total setup? Sure, I know you can. Go ahead, Mr. Gunslinger. Well, <laughs> if it's if it's found out to be true that plastic surgeon, I'd sue her. I'd sue her for his services. Okay. 
but I still I'm still going to go with the um, assumption that she's just that stupid. Remember, there's a, there's plenty of stupid people out there that does all kinds of crazy ass shit. Okay, I don't know. They got a, a, a brain short out, I guess. Okay, or something in the water they're drinking. Who knows? But there's actually that stupid people out there. You know, all kind of, they do all kinds of shit. Oh, you seen that picture of that dumbass hooks that trailer up to that hitch and puts it in that little that little pull pin? That's stupid. Okay, I mean, I've I pulled a, a, a zillions of trailers in my day. Did I ever do anything as stupid as that? Fuck no. Because <laughs> like, I know exactly what a little little Carter key pin is. Okay, and to hook up the 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 the, the chain to the trailer on that now that's stupid. Okay, so yeah, I think you know there really is fucking stupid fucking people out there. Okay, and before you run out of time, here's here's one from Fox News. AOC back in the news again says Green New Deal would have helped to prevent Texas blackouts. <laughs> oh, you there's another gotta be person right there. Me. there. There it is. Where'd you I'll put, put it? Put it in the chat room. Hang on. Uh, okay. I'm trying to put it in the chat room right now. Okay, I gotta see this. From Fox, but you know, I'm not. I'm not exactly thrilled that, I, that it's coming from Fox, <laughs> but you know what? That's okay. We can get a laugh mm-hmm. from it. I'm sure. I have. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, there's a video, so I gotta. Try and stop the video from playing before it gets before, so it doesn't interrupt me. Give me a moment while we wait for that. Come on. Oh, when things don't go quite right. Come on, hurry up. I feel like the Jeopardy theme should be playing at this point. Do, 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 do. There we go. Thank you. Reader mode, please. AOC says, Green New Deal would have helped to prevent Texas blackouts. Are you fucking insane, lady? Uh, rhetorical question not really requiring a response. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, or asshole on crack, as I like to refer to her as, said passing the Green New Deal would have helped to prevent the devastating power outages in Texas that have left millions struggling to find warmth in their homes amid a brutal winter storm and record-shattering cold temperatures. Ms. Cortez said in a tweet on Tuesday night, the infrastructure failures in Texas are quite literally what happens when you don't pursue a Green New Deal. Right, okay. More than 3.4 million customers remained without power on Wednesday in Texas, according to PowerOutage.us, which tracks utility outage reports. There were also widespread outages in Louisiana and Mississippi and rolling blackouts across a broad swath of the Midwest. State leaders, including Texas Governor Greg Abbott, a Republican, have criticized the operations of the state's power grid. Abbott on Tuesday called for an investigation into the group that manages the power grid in order to prevent more such outages. 
what did I say before, Gunslinger, about him do, calling for an investigation? Looks like uh, oh, yeah. he's get he's going to do just that. The Electric Reliability yep. Council of Texas, or ERCOT, has been anything but reliable over the past 48 hours, Abbott said. Far too many Texans are without power and heat for their homes as our state faces freezing temperatures and severe winter weather. This is unacceptable. The governor said he wants to get a full picture of what caused this problem and find long-term solutions. During a Tuesday press conference, ERCOT, which operates the state's power grid, said that failures in natural gas, coal, and nuclear energy systems were responsible for about double the number of outages caused by frozen wind turbines. At least 20 people have died as a result of the storm or its aftermath. But Ocasio-Cortez said policy failures, such as the lack of investment in the nation's crumbling infrastructure, political leaders who, don't, who do not believe in climate change, and the abandonment of low-income, minority, and indigenous communities are to blame for the dire situation. She added, weak on sweeping next-gen public infrastructure investments, little focus on equity, so communities are, are left behind, climate deniers in leadership so they don't long prep for disaster, we need to help people now. Long-term, we must realize these are the consequences of inaction. Now, Ocasio-Cortez unveiled the Green New Deal in 2019 alongside, alongside Senator Ed Murkey, Democrat from Massachusetts, while dictator Biden has not endorsed the ambitious proposal which calls for net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. He has described it as a crucial framework to his plan. Other notable gas, excuse me, not gas, sorry about that. Other notable goals proposed in the, situ, in the resolution include investing in new buildings to achieve maximal energy efficiency, spurring massive growth in clean manufacturing in the U.S. and providing high-quality health care for all Americans. So far, Biden has signed an array of directives intended to address climate change, including pausing new federal oil leases, rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement, eliminating lucrative su subsidies for the fossil fuel industry, revoking permits for the Keystone XL pipeline, and converting the government's fleet of vehicles to electric power. Biden called the spat of orders part of an effort to supercharge our administration's ambitious plan to confront the existential threat of climate change. Barf! 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 Okay. The, the only thing that wasn't mentioned by Ocasio-Cortez was cow farts. Which I'm surprised she didn't bring that up. <clears throat> so, yeah, okay. 
Uh, you know what? Honestly, the Green New Deal wouldn't have solved shit. Ocasio-Cortez. It would not have solved one fucking thing in regards to what happened in Texas. You To make such a stupid-ass comment like that, lady, you are abs- an absolute imbecile. You have got to be fucking kidding me. Why people vote imbeciles well, like her into office is it is just mind-blowing. The Green New Deal yeah. would what, what how did she put it? Hold on a second. Let me let me scroll back here. Uh, passing the Green New Deal would have helped to prevent the devastating power outages in Texas. Uh no. It wouldn't have. This from a woman who didn't even know how to what a what a garbage disposal was or how to how to work it. Are you kidding me? Give me a fucking break. Go ahead, Gun. Well, you know, we could always uh, uh, put her big mouth to good use. Um, we could hoist her ass up in a fucking helicopter and let her blow that bullshit on them fucking blades that are frozen, frozen on those wind generators. You know, that green energy? Maybe all that hot fucking bullshit might melt maybe a square inch of the blade surface. <laughs> well, then we'll maybe maybe let her fart on the goddamn solar solar panels out there. Maybe it'd melt the ass off. But other than that, that fucking idiot's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, her comment on, on Twitter Tuesday night. The infrastructure failures in Texas are quite literally what happens when you don't pursue a Green New Deal. Do you have any idea what the fuck you're even talking about, Ocasio-Cortez? Do you have any idea what the fuck you're talking about? Because it sure doesn't sound like it to me. You sound like a person with a paper asshole. Every time you fart, you rip the fucking thing apart. Incredible. Really? Fucking crazy. Absolutely. Gunslinger, (laughs) we've heard from Democrats with stupid ideas before, but this fucking Looney Tune takes the fucking cake. I mean, to sit there and make a comment on Twitter, the infrastructure failures in Texas are quite literally what happens when you don't pursue a Green New Deal. What the fuck? Did that even, did that tweet even make any fucking sense? Didn't make sense to me, I know that. Well, it would make sense to her because she's a fuck up. Okay, everything that they do, or they say, or they want, or they think that they know it all, is 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 a fuck up. They don't know what the hell they're talking about when it comes to guns, when it comes to energy, when it comes to green energy. I mean, you know, 
like I said, I'll say it again. Them things are sitting out there idle right now. They're using 2.2 million watts of power. That could that could power a thousand homes, if not more. One megawatt can, can power over a thousand homes, easy. Okay, with some with a bunch left over. But yet they're sitting out there doing nothing, and they're they're costing. So the Green New Deal will cost you money instead of fucking saving you money. And look at the cost of them damn things. $70 million a piece, you know, from, from groundbreaking up to final thing. Maintenance on them son bitches. Shit. Uh, go look on YouTube. Look how them things are put up and, have, and what and the kind of maintenance they got to have. Shit, yeah. That, yeah, that's a that's, that's green deal. And not, and not including that the fucking diesel motor it takes to turn them some bitches to get them started. Uh, fossil fuel, diesel fuel is fossil fuel, you know. <laughs> what mm-hmm. a fucking joke. Go ahead. Well, finally tonight, from the a story from the Washington Post that should piss off oh. anybody. Oh. Well, Hello? I'll tell you one more thing that's going to piss you off, too. But we'll... Oh. I'm going to tell you one more thing that was going to piss you off. Go ahead. If you if you look in the mixer, if you look in the mixer chat room, speaking of those wind turbines, uh, there's a field that they cannot recycle the used blades. They're going to be well, taking we we, we talked about this on a previous field. broadcast. Yeah, they, they, so they literally are. There are literally thousands of these fucking blades that they can't recycle, they and they're recycle. piling up in landfills. Yep. yep. So much for that green energy, huh? You're polluting mm-hmm. the fucking ground because these things doesn't break down, okay? <laughs> Go How figure. green is that one, huh? <laughs> Go oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. Worn-out wind turbine blades <laughs> are piling up in landfills because they can't be recycled. <sighs> yep. Stupid people. What do you expect? Stupid people. Yep. Well, folks, finally tonight, here's a story from the New York Post that, uh, and, and, and trust me, it, it, don't take off just yet. You got to hear this one because th- this, is, this is fucked up. I'm sorry. This is really fucked up. A waitress says she was fired from, her, from a New York City eatery for not getting the COVID, the COVID vaccine. Check this out. A New York City waitress says she was fired from a popular Brooklyn restaurant after choosing not to get the COVID-19 vaccine for fear it might hurt her chances of getting pregnant. Okay, it's an understandable concern. Bonnie Jacobson, 34, told the New York Post that the management at Red Hook Tavern canned her on Monday because she balked at getting the shot immediately. It was shocking to me, she said Wednesday. I went through the stages. I'm hurt. I'm in shock. Then I got mad. Jacobson, who has been married since October 2019, stressed that she's not an anti-vaxxer and fully supports people being inoculated, but said she wants to wait for more research on the coronavirus vaccine's possible possible effects on fertility. The way I see it, getting the vaccine is for me, it protects me. If I'm not getting it, 
it's my choice, and I'd only be hurting myself, she said. The coronavirus vaccine, vaccines available, haven't been tested on pregnant women, but also haven't been shown to affect pregnancy and are viewed as generally safe. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says that getting vaccinated is a personal choice for people who are pregnant and that expecting, expecting mothers can speak to their doctors about whether it's right for them. Restaurant staffers in New York joined the list of people eligible for the shot earlier this month. Not long after, management at the, at the buzzy Brooklyn Eatery emailed staffers to let them know they were eligible and later said the vaccine would be mandatory for all employees. The only exception to the policy would be if your own personal health or disability prohibits you from obtaining this vaccination. Read the Friday email reviewed by the Post. Jacobson, who began working at the restaurant in August after being let go from women's co-working space, The Wing, in the beginning of the pandemic, responded that she was choosing not to get the vaccine because there just isn't enough data or research at this point on its effects on fertility. Once there is more research to support it, to support that it does not affect fertility, I would reconsider my position, she wrote. But on Monday, after having worked a 13-hour shift on Sunday for Valentine's Day, Jacobson learned she was getting booted over her, over her choice. The tavern management wrote to her saying that while they respected her choice, getting the shot was required and that at this time your employment will be terminated. We are sad to see you go, the email said. If you do change your mind, please do not hesitate to let us know. Jacobson said she felt blindsided. She noted that she'd toiled for the restaurant through the pandemic and learned to adapt to coronavirus restrictions, such as working outside in the freezing cold. I've been trooping along, trooping along with them, she said. I was expecting to be met by the same flexibility and compassion. Bonnie Jacobson was fired from Red, Tavern, Red Hook Tavern for not getting vaccinated for COVID-19. Bonnie Jacobs, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but that's, all right, look, they were, they, they were, con, the, the restaurant was contacted by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and, and they, you know, they, they said that getting vaccinated is a personal choice for people who are pregnant and that expecting mothers can speak to their doctors about the choice. Now, um, it says right here, not long after, management at the buzzy Brooklyn Eatery emailed staffers to let them know they were eligible, and later said the vaccine would be mandatory for all employees. The only exception 
to the policy would be if your own personal health or disability prohibits you from obtaining this vaccination. All right. You know, I've been a, I've been in a, in a position of management uh, in, in, when I when I was working. Never had to deal with this kind of a situation. But based on my experience in management in the past, what I think is is, is kind of crucial right here, and and what Miss Jacobson, you know may not have seen is that you know the restaurant she was working for said it's mandatory to get the vaccination the problem with that the restaurant has is that they're trying to force people to they're, they're telling people you have to get vaccinated ignoring a person's concerns is not legitimate reason for termination in my opinion she had concerns she has concerns about how this vaccine might affect fertility now that is something to be you know for women to be concerned with obviously they have every right to be concerned what i have a problem with and what i believe is the um the overwhelming issue now is why okay why is why would the restaurant be so inflexible when she had been working there for quite some time my my feeling is if i were the owner of the restaurant this is what i would have done rather than fire her outright which you know i'm sorry She's, I hate to say it, but she does have a case for a wrongful termination suit. She does. So my opinion, my opinion on this matter is simple. This restaurant gave her, gave her an option that if she changed her mind about the vaccination to let them know, obviously they didn't want to let her go. They didn't want to fire her, but they did. And in doing so, it created a it created a controversy. Now, with this story hitting the New York Post the way it did, that eatery is going to suffer business wise because now people that go to that restaurant are you know they're going to the people that went to that restaurant, especially if they know her, they're going to be supporting her and her decision. Now, personally. I believe she made the, she was she was making the right decision for herself. That I believe was you know was is is something that you know it's like a freedom of choice. There is nothing in the CDC guidelines, nothing at all that says that it is mandatory that everyone be vaccinated. That hasn't happened yet. Okay? It's my own decision whether I choose to be vaccinated or not. Now, personally, I know what a lot of people are saying. You know, the vaccine is a bad idea. Don't do it, blah, blah, blah. Why is it a bad idea, I say to them. And you know what they do? They hem and haw and they start going, well, well uh, 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 there's, the, the science doesn't support and, and, and this. and they're, they're hesitant. 
to give straight answers. So you know what I tell people? You know what? I've got enough problems in my life with my health. Okay? I'm overweight. Basically, I'm a fat bastard. Okay? Not that I want to be. I'd love to lose about 20 or 30 pounds. And I'm working on it. But the problem is, I also have high blood pressure, diabetes. Okay? I have epilepsy. I've had blood clots in both lungs. I had that happen in 2014. That's why I'm on blood thinners. So I'm, I'm in the high risk category because of my weight, because of my health condition, but not so much because of my age. So I contacted my doctor's office to find out where I have, what I need to do to, get, you know, to sign up for the vaccine. I got the shock of my life when I was told by my doctor's office I'm not old enough to get the vaccine yet. I'm what the hell 50. you mean you ain't old enough? They, 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 they give it to fucking kids for God's sakes. Well, well guess that, what? That, I have wow, to be, I I have to be at, least, at least 75 to get the damn vaccine. Oh, bullshit. They're giving, they giving that shit to people. That's what the state the of New York is doing to us. Boy, Children shit. And, wow. and adults age 75, minimum. But there That's are people that, that are under That's the age of 75 that get them too. So I don't know what to believe at this point. I really don't. Well, hell, you fucking fired. Your firemen, your first responders, your your my, uh, EMTs. I'm sure the nurses. My doctors. my first responder status as a uh, volunteer fireman. Uh, let's bear in mind. Yes, I'm a first responder. I am a volunteer fireman, but I'm a volunteer fireman in Westchester County, not Dutchess County, where I reside. Hell, hell, that shouldn't make any difference if you lived on. It, if you actually, lived in it Jim does. Jurisdictional, jurisdictional uh, position, because when I go to sign up, it, well, let's say, okay, at... let's say I go to sign up to get the vaccine in Westchester, okay, and I put down my address as Poughkeepsie, New York. That's Dutchess County. That's not Westchester County. They're going to turn me away right then and there because I don't live in Westchester County. Yes, I'm a first responder in Westchester County but I'm not a resident of Westchester County. You have to sign up where you reside, not where you're a first responder at. So if you live live in one county and you're a first responder in another county, well, guess what? The bottom line is my residence takes precedent over my first responder status in the other county. As strange as that may sound. And that's well, not just with this vaccine either. Well, well, here's my final words on that, and then I got to run. But uh, I would go to another state if I would if I was going to get it, and they did what you're saying they're doing in New York. I'd go to another state and get it if I was going to take it. 
Okay, if that's a big if. Okay, but for people that wants to take it, hey, you know, free choice, whatever. Okay, if that's a, if that's the case, I would go. I'd get on a train and go to another state and get it. Come back, fuck you, motherfuckers. Okay. Problem you know, is, your choice. here's the problem, okay, Gunslinger. Like you run into the same problem of residency. Well, it, it just well, it would it would depend. I, I don't know. I mean, you could you probably you probably find some place down there that they'd give you a shot. I, yeah, they wanting to shoot everybody up, so I don't I don't think that'd be a problem. You like I said, you could be from planet Mars. Hey, I'm the Martian from Mars. Can I get my shot? They'd probably give it to you. <laughs> it was only fucking hospitals. You know, yeah, yeah. It. you know, because every time they give, they give every time they poke your ass, they get money. You know, they do. So you, they're gonna turn around, turn away free money. Come on, shit. Well, it's well, all about money. Remember, you want you want to hear something really screwball? Remember when I was having trouble with my gallbladder back in November? Okay. In order to be admitted to the hospital, I had to submit to a COVID nineteen uh, the COVID nineteen rapid test, where you get the results in an hour. Okay. All right. Now the the, the nurse she comes in with the the with all the stuff for the rapid for the rapid test where they swab the inside of your nose. And I looked at her and I said, uh, "What's that for?" And she goes. Well, if you're admitted, you have to submit. You, you have you have to be tested for COVID nineteen. I said, and you're going to do that when? She says, I'm going to do it right now. I said, I'm not. Do, do, am I being admitted? She goes, Well, no, not yet. I said, Well, then until the doctor says I'm admitted to this hospital, I ain't taking shit. Well, you have to take. I said, No, I don't have to take the damn test until I'm admitted. You said so yourself, and we had an and we got into an argument over it. Finally, I got pissed off. I said, "You know what? Fuck this. Do it now. Get it over with." I was pissed. The reason I didn't want to get that damn test done is because I, I I had heard about how they go all the way up the nose. Well, the rapid test doesn't have to go all the way up the nose. It just has to go like part way. They swirl around about ten times inside the nostril. Then they take, they flip over the the swab, and they do the other nostril the same way. Then they put it into into a sterile tube, seal it, label it, send it to the lab to for the results. <clears throat> An hour later, Mister Sinzer, we've got I've got really good news for you. You're negative for the for the coronavirus. And I looked at the nurse and I said, I could have told you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'll take I'll talk it later. Bathroom's calling. Ah uh, <laughs> yes. And go. unfortunately we'll I did not get a power nap for my for my show tonight. And I do need to go and get some sleep. So Gunslinger, thanks a lot for being here. Right. I know you gotta hit the head, so I'm not gonna even ask you about a final thought uh for tonight. Save that for tomorrow night. In the meantime, thanks, buddy, for being here. Thanks to Cherokee Rose, Iggy Mom, Mike from Louisiana, and, of course, all of you watching and listening by archives. Remember, you can you can go to rumble.com slash the F-F-N-O-I-B-N. That's rumble.com slash the F-F-N-O-I-B-N. 
and watch this broadcast in an archive showing. Also, as of tonight, I posted the links on FirefoxNewsOnlineProductions.com where you can go to get the links for the live broadcast. I will, of course, make that link available at some point. I'll remember to put that in where you see the comments email address right now on your screen. That, in, that, uh, th that the production company website for this broadcast will be listed there. And as soon as you go to the main page, and I'm going to show you that, those of you watching on the video platforms. All right. This is this is the one nice thing about about doing video productions like this. I can show you this stuff right now. Now let me kill the logo because it's blocking some stuff. All right. This is the production company page for Firefox News Online. All right. So. What you do is, when you go to the page, firefoxnewsonlineproductions.com, scroll down. And as you're scrolling down, you'll see when the show airs in prime time. You'll see other links there too. Now look, right here. To find the broadcast locations of the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network, click on any one of the links and they will take you to the page that has the night's links for the live broadcast. That's MeWe.com. And, of course, you see for Gab.com, Facebook.com. And, of course, if you want to watch the night's broadcast by archive, I even include the Rumble link. That's all right on the main page of FirefoxNewsOnlineProductions.com. So, now you know where you can go also to find links that will take you, the links to the pages where the, the links for the live broadcast will be. Now, one, once again, I want to remind everyone, after February is over, starting March 1st, Firefox News Online will no longer be viewed or airing on Periscope.tv because March 31st, Periscope.tv is going away and all live streams will be conducted through Twitter. And I want no part of my, I, I don't want my show really going on Twitter. Not after all, not with all this censorship nonsense. So, ladies and gentlemen, there's, the, there's some information for you. Keep that in mind and please. Keep tuned to Firefox News Online. Yes, everybody keeps saying Firefox News and forgets the word online. I don't know why they do that. I wouldn't. I couldn't. I'm the host, executive producer, owner of the broadcast, owner of the production company, uh, stuff like that. Hell, even the webmaster for FirefoxNewsOnline.com. Once that, oh, by the way, even when that page is finally ready to rock and roll, you'll you'll find out about it. We will tell you. But my buddy that's taking care of that page for me, 
He's been a he's been a really wonderful guy taking care of that for me. And you know, no no amount of gratitude could ever be expressed. There's not a level high enough for what this man has been willing to do to help me out. Um, his name is Dave, and he lives up there. In, he lives up in Canada, and he's he's a hell of a nice guy. And um, you know, when it comes right down to it, folks, this broadcast has a lot of friends, and uh, I'm grateful to all of you who watch and listen to this broadcast each and every day of the week that we're on the air. Like I said at the beginning of this broadcast, I can't imagine ever reaching the level of Rush Limbaugh. But if I learned anything from Rush Limbaugh, I learned that being a broadcaster sometimes comes at a high price. It takes a lot of work. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. I fought long and hard to keep this broadcast alive, even when I was homeless at one time in my life. But no matter where I've gone, no matter what I've done, Firefox News Online continues to broadcast each and every week. There are some weeks I have to take a night off because I'm, I'm not feeling good to the point where I can't, you know, I can't really talk or, you know, because I've got my voice is all gravelly and I'm barely able to stay awake and because I'm that sick. And there are times when I have to take the night off because the next day I have medical uh, tests to take and I need my night's rest for that. Whatever the case may be, I always do this show. And sometimes I'll even do it on a night that I'm normally not on the air. To try and make up for the day I had to miss. I'm willing to do whatever I have to in order to bring news and information and topics to the forefront. That's what this show is all about. It's also about giving the American people a voice. A chance to be heard. And that's what I do here. That's what I'll continue to do. As the CEO of Firefox News Online Productions. The owner of the, of the production company. The host of this show. The whole nine yards. Yes, I do wear a lot of hats. But there's one hat that I wear most important of all. And that's the hat of a person who loves his country and is willing to sacrifice each and every day so that the truth is put on the table right before your eyes. I'm George Sinzer, and for the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective. Y'all be good, and if you can't be good, be careful. If you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, do not name it after me. That's all I ask. Until next time, America, take care. God bless. Be well and be safe. And to the family of Rush Limbaugh, my heartfelt condolences.
on the loss of a wonderful man who inspired me to be the broadcaster I try to be every day. I may never get to the level of excellence that he provided, but I like to think that I try every day and that just trying to be a good broadcaster is enough. Good night, America. And with that, it's time to close this puppy up in the usual manner with the usual outro. Uh, let me see here. Oh, outro. Wherefore art thou outro? Oh, here it is. Good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Firefox News Online is a production of Firefox News Online Productions. Any rebroadcast, transcript, either in whole or in part, without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, is expressly forbidden. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. You can catch Firefox News Online Monday through Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central, and 7 Pacific Time on the multiple broadcasting platforms used by the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network. Go to MeWe.com slash Firefox News Online or Gab.com slash Firefox News Online for the links to the live broadcast. And if you have any comments you'd like to send our way, we'd love to hear from you. Write to comments at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. That's comments at FirefoxNewsOnline.com. If that email address is not working, the host will inform you to use the alternate address, and that is comments at journalist.com. Once again, that is comments at journalist.com. The views and opinions that were expressed in this broadcast are that of the host and those who call in, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or these broadcasting services. The use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, education, and news reporting. Firefox News Online Productions and the News Division, all one and the same, adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Firefox News Online. Let it be written, so let it be done. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.